is up, guys? Locked on Irish podcast coming your way right now. I'm Greg Schaefer, your lead host. Stoked to be with you guys. Late evening Wednesday edition. Sorry about yesterday. Couldn't make it. Wasn't happening. Thought I was coming down with some sort of plague. I've defeated it. I'm left with a scratchy throat, but I am here for your entertainment. Mostly to laugh at. Big show for you today. Big Nate Lashevsky with the dagger, or Nate Lazuski, as I've heard it said before. It's not Lazuski, it's Lashevsky. Whatever recruiting service said that, stop. Just stop. So we pulled it out against North Carolina. We're going to talk about that today. I'm also going to get into talk about just various sports. What a weekend for the Irish, man. Baseball, softball, lacrosse. We're going to talk a little bit of all of it. Uh, and then we may have yet another, another grad transfer coming into Notre Dame. Talk about that in the third segment. How's everybody doing out there? Hope your week's going well. Again, sorry about yesterday. Man, I'll tell you what, this flu's going around like, whoa. And between having a two-year-old and working as a nurse full-time, I am just a walking Petri dish. I'm surprised I'm not sick more often. But maybe that's why I'm not. That's why I say hugs, not drugs. But be careful. These are highly addicting. So today's show, not brought to you by anybody, almost brought to you by, but not. Almost a fake advertisement there. Make sure you're following us, Twitter, Facebook, at Locked On Irish. Make sure you're listening to us, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Going to be a fun show today. So we pulled this thing out against North Carolina, exacted a little revenge, kept Tournament hopes alive. Oh, my goodness. All is well. All is well. 77-76, but good God, was it not without struggle. And how bad is North Carolina? Ugh. They are brutal. But I'll tell you what, Cole Anthony is a baller. He's going to play well at the next level. He's going to be in the league for a while. I I still don't think he's right, but you've seen just flashes of what he can be. And played really well. Played really well, and this game was about to get out of hand. I mean, I well, we were down by 15, 62-47 with less than 10 minutes to go. And, you know, did North Carolina lose this game? Did Notre Dame win it? I don't know. I just know that when we play, when it mattered the most, we played our best. When it mattered the most, we played our best. I mean, what else can you say? What else can you say? I mean, I, I, I'm shocked. I was completely shocked, be down by 14, 15, and it just looked like, you know, even though we were kind of crawling back into it, you just thought we were going to miss miss a shot at some point. We were going to miss a shot, and they were going to hit a three and just put the dagger in us, and that would be it. Again, though, it did seem like we didn't have our legs when it mattered. But for some, whatever reason, again, did North Carolina lose this game? Did we win this game? I don't know. All I know is... It, we scored the outscored that team. What was it, thirty to fourteen down the stretch, and they just don't have anything. I mean, this they're not they don't look well coached. I know Roy Roy Williams is a good coach, but he they they don't look well coached. Of course, we didn't at times either. There were times where I was like, "What is the game plan? What is our game plan with this team?" Because I'm not really not sure. Uh, I'm really not sure. We played a short bench again. Uh, you know, it's funny we hadn't looked gassed in any of our previous games leading up to to, uh, to the other night until this game, and this is a game we only played seven guys. And that's the only common denominator. You know, we were playing eight with uh, Njogu and Morgan and just kind of just getting some minutes in there. 
We've talked about it a million times before. And in the, this game, you know, seven guys, it, it just doesn't cut it. Doesn't cut it. Now, we did get good production from our bench. We talked about that in the preview of this game, about how that would be absolutely crucial. We had 19 points from our bench. They had 11. They uh, talent North Carolina, only 11 points out of their bench. Uh, Leshevsky, two of six from three, including just the oh, beautiful shot. But again, you know, it was set up by, you know, Mooney. They missed Mooney underneath to start the play. And we really didn't. What was the plan? I mean, you can't tell me that you had total confidence he was going to hit that shot. I didn't. I didn't at all. I thought he was going to miss it. They were going to get the rebound, either run the clock out, or we set him to the line. They go up four, game over with you know, probably less than a second left. But for whatever reason, you know, Nate hit it, and this is the kind of thing we need from him. We need him and Dane Goodwin to take the next step. If we're going to be competitive at all next year, I mean, you, you look at what graduates. Mooney, gone. Gibbs, gone. Durham, gone. Fluger, gone. That's four of five starters gone. Okay, we're either going to be one of the worst teams there is in all of basketball, not Power 5, not just in the ACC. But, I mean, we could be a train wreck next year, even if they don't step up. Or even if they do step up, we could be a mess. But if they don't, I mean, I don't know. At JV Central, that's the managerial league right there. Uh, Durham played nice again, 3 of 5 from the field, 8 points. Hub got back on track a little bit, still shooting too much from three, but he did take more chances. He was uh, five of eight uh, from two-point land. Hey, look at that. You shot over 50% from two. All right, let's try that a little more. Two of nine from three. Nobody shot well from three. Uh, they were eight of 20. We were 11 of 34. Uh, you know, Gibbs hit four big ones for us. We'll take it. Uh, I still don't think we're driving to the rack enough. I don't. Uh, I, I applaud Hub. You forget into the line five times, but Fluger, almost non-existent, had the one three, which is fine. It did have a nice game from a, a rebounding perspective, six rebounds. Um, God, it's like Fluger's a good leader and a good energy guy, and had five assists, three steals. You know, one of his better games that he didn't score that much in. You know, only three points. And again, you just have to think: Are we? Tr- what do we need? It's situational. Do we need more defense on the court? Do we need more offense? Um, you know, I do think we're in better shape right now. I think we're almost in better shape than North Carolina next going into next year. North Carolina's a mess right now. I don't see this getting better for them. Cole Anthony is a really nice player, but he's not coming back next year. They they just don't look cohesive. They're missing easy shots. They they look like they're getting bullied around. You know, John Mooney was clearly the best guy underneath it many times. Uh, of course, Mooney, double-double machine, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Just uh, yeah, just another day at the office for Mr. Mooney. Appreciate everything that dude's done for this program. I mean, he is, he's like the Tommy Rees of, of basketball. I mean, literally getting every ounce of production out of his body. And the win takes us to 16-10. and 10. Now, I don't know why all these games have to be close because that was not a good team. You know, in the first half, it felt like we were just blowing them out. And then you look up at the scoreboard, and you're at halftime, and it's 36-33, and you're like, oh. And then you find yourself down 15, and you're like, I'm changing the channel. I don't think I like Notre Dame basketball anymore. But 
Texas is 16 and 10, 7 and 8 overall. The Heels drop to 10 and 16, 3 and 12 in the ACC. So where does that have us stand right now? It's still not looking good for the tournament. It's just, you know, it's North Carolina. It felt good, and, and we're all excited. We're more excited than we probably should have been. Um, but again, this is like a Tier 18 win, uh, not against a not a very good team. It's always nice to meet North Carolina. It's always exciting and fun to have one of those types of wins that we just seen. But I'm looking at Jerry Palm right now, CBS Sports. He does a pretty good job with his bracketology stuff, and we're not even in his... Uh, first four out right now. Um, he's got a bunch of teams listed on the bubble. Notre Dame's not even listed on any sort of bubble anywhere that I can find. So we got work to do. We definitely have work to do. We needed one of those games, you know, an in Indiana on our, our schedule. We needed that Florida State game, which we're going to have a chance to exact some revenge, but we really cannot, with the way things are right now, we can't flub up against a Miami, a BC, a Wake. I mean, we're just, we are on our just dud tour right now. North Carolina, worst team in the ACC. Miami, third worst. Wake, uh, second worst. Uh, where's BC? I mean, it doesn't matter. It's Boston College basketball. We can't mess this up. We cannot mess this up. We got to take it one game at a time. And I really don't think we can afford the loss to Florida State with the way that the, the bracketologists, if you will, out there are are predicting things and kind of not really respecting the resume, you know, we might get to 20 wins and not get in. I might have been wrong. I thought 19 and 14 with the ACC, I thought for sure we would get in, but this is a down ACC year and we're just not getting signature wins. Now, that doesn't say that we can't work our way in when it comes tournament time. I've seen that happen before. Xavier, when they made their Elite Eight run a couple years ago, they relied on getting in the Big East tournament. I think they were 22 and 14. They weren't in as of the tournament. They get in the tournament. They reel off a couple wins they weren't supposed to. They didn't win the whole thing. But they worked themselves in a good spot and developed the resume good enough to get in the tournament. So we'll have to see what happens. Next up, Miami on Sunday, 6 p.m. tip. Plenty of time to rest. All right, guys, back at it again. Locked on Irish on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The official Notre Dame podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. So what do we want to talk about here? Let's talk Let's talk a little bit of softball real quick. What? Softball? Right? I know. 7-2 and two right now. We're just going to whip around. So Ohio State has a local show on 97.1, and they do on-campus where they kind of talk about everything but football and basketball, and not to a crazy extent or anything, and we won't call this on-campus because we don't want to copy anything those guys in, in down the road are doing. But, uh, you know, just kind of whip around here and just take a, take a peek and see what's what's going on with the other sports. Because I'll tell you what, at, at most of the sports at Notre Dame, outside of things that happen on the court, had a pretty dang good weekend, starting with softball. Uh, the softball team, after starting the season with two losses to uh, SEC opponents, Missouri and Auburn, I mean, they've reeled off seven straight now. Had the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge over the weekend, where they just tore through the competition. Uh, by a combined score in four games, all right? Stick with me here. In four games, they won 24-6. to six. Two wins over Illinois, two wins over Ohio State. That feels good. Especially I have a friend who uh, used to work for NBC here locally. Um, really Amazing person, really good friend of mine. 
Uh, Mindy Dreher, her daughter, is going to Ohio State on a full-ride scholarship. And, eh, you know, congrats to her. I'm super happy for her. Cammie's awesome. However, you know, you still got time to to, to make better choices because the Irish just swept them Buckeyes 13-5 to in two games, 7-1 to in the second ga- uh, first game of the series, and 6-4 to in the other. Uh, something to keep an eye on. I don't know a ton of history or anything about uh, Notre Dame softball, but it looks like they're off to a really impressive start, and it's something we're going to keep our eye on for, for right now. Now, I know they dropped the two for the SC, uh, against the SEC schools, and, you know, we got Cal State Fullerton coming up, and I do know the teams on the West Coast, you know, Oregon, Arizona State, schools like that, schools in the South, kind of run uh, sports on the diamond, if you will because baseball is kind of the same way. I know UCLA is a monster in uh, softball. So we'll keep an eye on them and uh, see how these girls do. And uh, just, you know, if they go on a run, we'll be here for it. We'll cover it all through the spring. Now let's turn to the boys in Irish baseball. The baseball team took two of three from UAB. That's uh, the series finale, nine to three over UAB. Uh, Nico Cavadas, he's a junior, hit his first home run of the season in that third matchup. Two-run shot in the fifth inning. He uh, led the team last year with 12 home runs. Carter Putts uh, tied, tied a career high with three hits, three runs, finishing three for four, three runs, two RBIs. You know, Notre Dame has never never really made a splash in baseball, and I don't know why that is. I really don't. They've had some good athletes. You think Samarja, you think Connaughton, uh, Torrey Hunter. Torrey Hunter Jr. played for him. Uh, you you kind of wonder why that is. So it'll be interesting to see how this team does moving forward. And it's another team we're going to keep our eye on. They took the Friday matchup uh, 4-2, to two, Saturday 10-7, and Sunday finished things off 9-3. All three games were at UAB. They are The boys are back at it for baseball. They got a two-game set against Incarnate Word on tomorrow and Friday. And they are kind of all over the place after that. It's kind of a grab bag of opponents, Toledo, uh Texas, San Antonio, Presbyterian, North Carolina, Radford. So sprinkle in some uh, solo game matchups. I mean, you know, they're going to be playing all over the place. And, of course, the ACC schedule uh, should be a lot of fun. There is one coming up on their schedule that could get interesting. Victory Field's a pretty cool place. In The Indianapolis Indians play there. AAA affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates for those playing at home. Uh, they're going to be playing Indiana at that field. That might be kind of cool. That's only a few hours down the road. That might be worth uh, heading on down there and getting locked on Irish on location to check out Notre Dame versus Indiana. By the way, talk about a rivalry that should happen more often, or not necessarily a rivalry because I think I think we'd kill them, but you're in the state of Indiana. I've always wondered this. We've only played Indiana, what, like four times? and they I think like four times ever. Um why why don't we play more in football? Like that should happen more. We've really started to embrace this crossroad series with Purdue and Butler and Indiana. Uh, you know why why don't we play more in football? I've never really understood that. I know that um, Purdue's just right down the road, and we've always been longtime rivals with them. But yeah, I'm not real sure. I think we should play Indiana more, especially. I don't know if you guys have noticed. There's a lot of. Um, a lot of Under Armour gears kind of getting toward like kind of embracing the state finally, which I think is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I've always thought that's something they should do because a lot of people, you know, they see Notre Dame and yes, it is this national brand, but it is in an is in an, is in in Indiana. Like they should really embrace it, and that's why I really love 
all the state outline gear that they throw out there for Notre Dame. I always make sure I snag something probably once a year uh, just because it's really cool stuff. And, and I think it's something that they should really hang their hat on and as far as just really embracing the state and kind of having an identity of, you know, and being proud of where, where Notre Dame's from. Uh, last thing we'll get to today, um, give the lacrosse team a little love for opening up 17-7 to win over Cleveland State. Uh, really, really nice game. Uh, Brian uh, Costable, four goals. Pat Cavanaugh, I got to know if he's related to Matt Cavanaugh, who was just a baller on that lacrosse team, had that team so close to winning a national title. Uh, back-to-back quarters in the first half of six goals, went into halftime at 12-1, to Started the second, uh, started the fourth quarter up sixteen to three. Just a dominant performance. Uh, really good to see those guys get off to a good start. I'm telling you, it, this team, this team's due, man. I want to see a national title in lacrosse. Bring that on. Bring that on. I, I want to see it. We've been so close. We've been so close, and it just, for whatever reason, has just not materialized. Now, I do want to give the ladies some love. As you guys know, if you follow us on, uh, with our East of the Bend things, um, my sports media production team, we do a lot for women's sports, and we really are proud of what we do for women's sports. So I'm going to give the ladies some love. The uh, ladies lacrosse team, 18-3 to over Marquette to start the season on February 9th. They've already knocked off the number three team in the country, Northwestern, 17-15. to And in their last game on the 16th, they took care of business against Central Michigan, 24-4. to four. They have the Buckeyes coming up on February 23rd is their next game, followed by Duke, and they'll get into their ACC play. Uh, let's see when the Irishmen play again. Looks like that game against Ohio State is at the Loftus Sports Center on campus. It is a home game. I do know the boy, the men's lacrosse team is going to be playing – Ohio State in Columbus. They are back in action on February 23rd against Richmond at home, so it should be a fun one. If you live in the South Bend area, man, take advantage of this. I'm going to shoot it over to the sponsors. Let's pay the bills, and then I want to talk about something real quick before we get into this transfer stuff. Back at it again, locked on Irish. Something I wanted to talk about real quick, and we'll get into the transfer news. And we got news about another kickoff time. Uh, if you live in the South Bend area, man, take advantage of this. You know, I understand you're not a Notre Dame fan. It is what it is. Man, I would be broke. I would be so broke. I mean, I, I cheer for Notre Dame and everything. I mean, underwater basket weaving, I got season tickets, man. I, I got my PSL. I got to renew my PSL, underwater basket weaving. Let's do it. I wish we had wrestling. I love wrestling. I, I do jujitsu. I've been doing it for 10 years, grappling, MMA. I fought... I think my last fight was about 10 years ago now. I'll talk about dating myself, but, you know, I love wrestling. Probably one of my favorite sports um, outside of football, basketball. Um, not my favorite to cover, I will say that. Uh, I, I, Man, I covered one wrestling meet. It was fine, but they last forever. So anybody getting into sports media out there, maybe stick with, like, basketball. You're in and out in an hour. Eight-minute quarters, no shot clock. Trust me, you're getting in and out. But, yeah, take advantage, man. If you are a fan of Notre Dame and you live in the area, just PSA for you guys. Get out there. You you got all kinds of – you have no reason in your life to ever be bored. 
soccer teams up there. I know they do spring soccer up there, spring football. Uh, you know, right now you got lacrosse getting ready to kick up baseball. I mean, if I lived anywhere close to Cleveland, Ironwood, Juniper, the Eddy Street Common, if I lived within like 10 miles of there, I'm broke, okay? I'm I'm living at Notre Dame Stadium a la Rudy style. I would probably go watch men's tennis. You know, the hot Compton, the Ice House is amazing. There ain't nothing else there. That's the thing, too. Like, there, you don't have anything else going on. And if you're a huge Notre Dame fan, well, why not? I mean, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, and if there was a pro team sitting there, I would probably not go. I mean, I, I, I just cheer for Notre Dame and everything. I like college sports more. I tend to lean more toward college sports. Like, if you really want to know, if we want to get into it, I cheer for Notre Dame first and in, my, in pretty much everything. Well, in everything. And second is probably the Cubs in baseball. I mean, that's probably my favorite pro franchise. So, yeah, not to get off on a rant, but, man, take advantage. I'm I'm kind of glad I only live. My bank account's glad I live five hours away. But, all right, guys, so let's talk about Trevor Spates. Who is Trevor Spates? Who is that guy? Trevor Spates, running back, Stanford University. He will have two years of eligibility left, looking to do a grad transfer to Notre Dame. Um, you know, it looks like a nice back, good build. He was a three-star guy. We are pursuing him pretty hot and heavy. This will be our third grad transfer if we can land him. Skoranek, Isaiah Pryor, Northwestern, Ohio State. Now we're tapping into the the West Coast. Um, he did not hold an offer from us coming out. He was listed at 5'10", 200 pounds, class of 2016. Uh, had offers from Arizona, Stanford, Missouri, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas A&M. I mean, this kind of reminds you of a guy that we would have, I don't know how we didn't, um, didn't offer this guy. He sh- had some interest from Florida State, Minnesota. They never really pulled the trigger. Texas as well, but never pulled the trigger on shooting him an offer. Uh, what? So what do we know? What do we know about Trevor Spades? Well, right now we know that he, he hasn't been super productive as a running back. I mean, I'm just going to call it like it is. It, um, two seasons combined, he ran for 363 yards. So... Nothing too incredible. Didn't have a carry last year. Now, I do know, I think there might be some connection between him and Lance Taylor. You know, Lance was the running back coach at Stanford. So, uh, very likely, I can't, I'm trying to look here. I'm almost positive. Positive that he recruited him to Stanford. So, some familiarity there. And, you know, Lance may see something in this guy. I don't know where he fits, but per Tom Loy at 247 Sports, he says it's hard to see him landing anywhere else. does make you wonder where that leads the um, the scholarship numbers, especially like Javon McKinley. I don't know 100% if he's coming back yet, but, I mean, you look at our backfield right now, you got Chris Tyree coming in. I know. He walks on water. Jafar Armstrong, Jameer Smith, Sebo Flemister, Kyron Williams, Avery Davis, they're all back there. I don't know. Um, it does make me feel good that Taylor's going after him so hard. There must be something there. kind of reminds me of the Cowboys drafting Jalen Smith. That's how I knew Jalen was going to work out, and the injury was not going to be a factor. As soon as that pick happened, because it was the Cowboys team doctor, team orthopedist that did the surgery. So if anybody knew or didn't know or had inside info on if he was never going to be able to play again, it would have been him. So when I seen the Cowboys took him, I was like, oh, Jalen's fine. He's going to be just fine. And clearly he has. And for Lance Taylor to really want this guy, and, uh, okay, I'm, I'm in. 
I'm in. Let's get him on campus. I want to see what he can do in the spring game. It looks like he's not going to be able to get on the campus until March. He said he's finalizing plans right now. Uh, I do have his stats up from the last couple years. You know, last season he was overshadowed by Cameron Scarlett, who I love. I think is a really nice back. If I am an NFL team, that's the kind of guy I'm going to throw a sixth or seventh round flyer on. Or if he doesn't get drafted, which he may not, I would probably invite. Uh, he'd be priority. Get him into camp for me, please. Um, <clears throat> Trevor Spates, ten carries, thirty six. Oh, ten, played in 10 games, 36 carries, 142 his freshman year. Sophomore year, 59, 221. So started to come on a little bit, had a touchdown. Was a little more of a threat out of the backfield. Found that interesting, six catches, 52 yards. Um, then it did not receive a carry last year. Uh, I think he did get in some. I'm trying to see here how he was utilized last year, but seemed to just really... Uh, really fall through the cracks, fall fall behind the depth chart, but I'm just not sure where he fits in. I'm confident in Lance Taylor because, well, I'm not the running backs coach. I'm not the guy that might have recruited him to Stanford, so I'm the one talking into the microphone, not him, so I will trust his judgment. I just, when I see those kind of numbers, and he, he had a decent offensive line to run against a couple years ago, I'm like, and, you know, he couldn't really get up the depth chart on a 4-8 and eight Stanford. I mean, I'll take a guy. Bring him on, you know. This guy's clearly, he can clearly play. I just don't know where he fits, especially with Sebo Flemister coming on. If a Jafar Armstrong can stay healthy at all, we're all excited to see Chris Tyree. We're all excited to see Jameer Smith and Kyron Williams after Kyron coming off of a redshirt year. Avery Davis is still back there. I'm still waiting on him to get 300 yards. So... I just don't know where he fits. Now, we'll take bodies. We'll take athletes. Again, it's just going to come down to fit, and I want to see him on the field. Maybe he's got something that we don't even know about. Uh, final thing of the day, Notre Dame and Navy, the season opener. Yeah, we're talking season opener. It's February, Greg. I know. So what? I'll talk about football if I want to. August 29th, it will be a 2 o'clock kickoff. Now, why is that significant, you might ask? It's significant because the last time we played Navy, it was at 9 a.m. because of the time difference over in Dublin. Um, last time we played Navy in Ireland. So this one will be at 2 o'clock for us. I believe that's like 7 over there or something like that. But at any rate, we're going to be playing 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which they're cutting it close. Cutting it close. Um, na the Navy games get over pretty quick. I actually have uh, my second high school football game of the year to cover that night. It's a 7 o'clocker, so luckily it's a home game for the team we cover, so very likely should be there in plenty of time because i got to believe we're going to blow Navy off the field. And with Navy, how they run their offense, the clock pretty much just tick, 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 tick. I mean, that game should be over at like 5.15, so I'm glad they kept me in mind in all this. So that's the show for today, guys. Glad to be back with you. Remember, Locked on Irish, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. Stitcher, Spotify, your favorite podcast app. So till tomorrow, the NCAA kind of looking at some new transfer rules. What else we got on the docket for tomorrow? We're going to take a look at the top 25 in basketball, see if anything's changed with any other bubble talk. And, yeah, we'll see what else we can get into. But definitely talk about this new potential transfer rule. So till next time, guys, go Irish.